Hello and welcome. Today we have a Katie Whitwood. She has a master in social politics from the University of Melbourne in Australia and more than 10 years of experience in education and community development. Working in communities in Australia, the Pacific, and now in Guatemala, she's been focused on social justice through education and empowerment of the indigenous communities. Katie co-founded El Directorio Guatemala in 2020 after her role in a research in 2019 about collaboration between organizations and how to improve their communications and exchange of resources to create a bigger impact. So, um, Katie, tell me more about you. Uh, I mean, um, we really know that you have some studies, but I want to like know a little bit more of details about why you took that route with your studies. Why like calls you to do to follow that path? Mm -hmm. um, I actually think it was really when I was traveling through Central and South America in 2008. I just finished my undergrad. Uh -huh. And I spent eight months traveling through kind of like this, this part of the world uh -huh. um, and came across a lot of, um, I guess, communities and, and information and was learning a lot specifically about indigenous cultures and indi indigenous people mm -hmm. here. And it really made me realize that I knew very little about indigenous peoples in my own country, Australia, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. which is crazy if you think about it, especially... Um, if you think about how um, the story exactly and, <laughs> and how well known like Aboriginal peoples in Australia yeah. are in the international context in terms yeah. of art and, and history. And it's just not something that was covered in, in school when I was in school, which, mm -hmm. you know, there's a lot of problems mm -hmm. and reasons for that. Yeah. Um, but when I got back to Australia, I was really interested in working with indigenous communities. So I kind of moved in into that sector and, and kind of changed the um the focus of my studies a little mm -hmm. bit to more towards like social can you tell me like uh i'm curious more about like where was that did you know where it happened like when was like click that aha moment that mm -hmm. it makes you like whoa um i think it was probably coming back to australia and starting to work with those indigenous communities and realizing that within australia which is you know widely recognized as being a, you know, a developed, mm -hmm. uh, you know, kind of uh, economically um, stable and successful country, that there is a, a subsector of the population that's really, mm -hmm. really struggling. And Indigenous people in Australia, many of them are, are living, um, you know, really, uh, with really kind of poor qualities of, of living standards. Mm -hmm. And just in terms of the, in, you know, the structural racism, the overt mm -hmm. racism, um, that was, you know, within my own country and my own society, which which just kind of was like a slap in the face and, and incredulous that I hadn't seen it before. You felt guilty? Yeah, I guess there's a there's a sense of ownership over that, you know, uh -huh. because it's your country and it's your people and you should know better and you should strive to be more inclusive. And uh -huh. um, so that's when though I kind of, you know, as a 20 year old, something clicked and I couldn't believe that I hadn't been taught more about this at school. Mm -hmm. And I thought, you know, this, this needs to change. And I actually started working in the education sector with mm -hmm. a community controlled organization doing advocacy around education mm -hmm. to try and change that so that future generations of Australians will grow up being educated around indigenous cultures mm -hmm. and histories and perspectives. And I think that's a big step towards confronting um, or combating racism into the future as well, just with having greater knowledge. Yeah. yeah. And what did your parents 
thought about it. What your family like? Uh, is is your family like into like a social? Did you have done it? Did they like kind of like raise you in that way? Um, I there. I mean, their work and experience hasn't been directly in the mm -hmm. kind of social sphere. Mm -hmm. um, but they've always been super supportive of everything that mm -hmm. I've always done, and you know, I've definitely made decisions that they probably think, Katie, yeah. like, what the hell are you doing? <laughs> but <laughs> but they've always supported me, and, yeah. and um, so I've been really lucky in that sense. <laughs> That's fun. Uh, yeah, I'm curious because sometimes when you come from a family like. I don't know, bankers mm. or doctors or, well, doctors, it's a little bit more good work with people, right. but you know, like something that has nothing to do with that. Then people is like, why are you doing yeah. like, uh, you have everything here. And then you just, just like, sometimes they feel they you're wasting your life. I, th I think the answer in my case was really travel. Um, my parents, you know, introduced me to travel from quite a young age. Mm -hmm. Travel is very much a part of the Australian culture mm -hmm. as well, I think, because we, we feel like far away. Mm -hmm. So we like, we want to get out there and explore. Um, and I think through traveling and through being exposed to, you know, different societies and communities and seeing different ways people live and, you know, seeing people with really limited resources and opportunities, it's obviously really eye-opening. And I think it, um, that was really what kind of pushed me to want to, to work in the field of kind of like community work, social work. Mm -hmm. Yeah. 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 And um, when did you decide that you were going to come to Central America? Did you, did you know that you were coming directly to Guatemala or you were debating between a couple of places? How did you end up here? Mm -hmm. <laughs> it's a good question. It was not my plan at all, really. Um, I mean, I traveled through here on that trip in 2008, uh -huh. but um, before moving back here in 2018, I was actually living and working in Spain. Uh -huh. um, and I'd been there for a couple of years. I had a job lined up in Madrid for the following year, and I was just looking for some work over the summer holidays because I was working in the school system mm -hmm. there. And a friend sent me a Facebook post about a position with an organization here in Guatemala. And I remember seeing it and thinking, I'm not going to Guatemala. Like I was looking for something in Spain, like, you know, like, like yeah. <laughs> but I, I looked a little bit into the organization and I had a really great conversation with, with the head of the organization. And I thought, okay, yeah, no, I'll, I'll go to Guatemala for three months and then I'll come back Who's to Who's the responsible? Tell me the name <laughs> of the responsible now that the, you are here. The organization um, was called Soluciones Comunitarias. Uh-huh. Um, and it was a kind of partnership with another organization based in the States called Community Empowerment Solutions. Uh -huh. And what do they do? So they're focused on um, a couple of things. Uh, one of them is providing high impact solutions to more remote communities. Mm -hmm. So they actually work with uh, glasses, mm -hmm. water filters, mm -hmm. um, healthy cook stoves. Mm -hmm. And they work on a model called um, consignment. So they have a consignment model, mm -hmm. which basically means that they're trying to help local entrepreneurs mm -hmm. to build up businesses around selling those products to people that mm -hmm. need them that don't yeah. usually have access to them. Um, it's called micro consignment. Mm -hmm. So uh, they're given these products without any need for investment free of charge. Mm -hmm. And then when they make uh, sales, they pay back the cost of the product mm -hmm. and there's a bit extra profit for themselves. 
Um, so that's the model that that organization cool. was working with, with local entrepreneurs. And then the side that I was uh, a little bit more involved in was doing some consulting work for mm -hmm. small um, kind of grassroots organizations, community groups, mainly around um, Neba, El Quiche. Neba, yeah. Uh -huh, so the Western Highlands of Guatemala. And also we worked with a few um, groups in Solola and Quetzaltenango mm -hmm. as well. So you came, you worked for them for... Three months. Three months. Uh -huh. And what happened after that? And they kind of asked if I wanted to stay and I kind of said, yeah, I think I do. Really? <laughs> so, Why? I just really enjoyed, like I said, like I've, I've worked with um, indigenous communities and more remote communities in, in Australia, also in the Pacific. Uh -huh. um, and I really like it. I really enjoy it. Um, so, so it was more sort of like you felt that you were more like in the right spot. Yeah, I was kind this of is, coming this back. Is what I, this is what I was looking for. This is my passion. Yeah. In, in Spain, I was working in the school system, which education is mm -hmm. another passion of mine. But um, uh, and I was, you know, I was learning Spanish in Spain as well. So I had that kind of functional reason for being there. But getting back to Guatemala and, and getting into the communities again, I was like, oh, no, this is this is what I really, um, mm -hmm. really get into. Yeah. How how do you find out that the, like your passion like did you always knew what you wanted to do did you always kind of like have that call or like I don't know like when you were little you were like playing to be <laughs> like a nurse or like a no. teacher or something like that no not at all I actually I'm someone who has I think historically for better or worse just been someone who's very much gone with the flow so uh -huh. you know I I liked I'm not I haven't been a huge planner historically, but I've also at the same time been very proactive. If mm -hmm. I see something that I like or something that interests me, mm -hmm. I go for it. Um, and I think it kind of just grew organically out of that. And, mm -hmm. and again, I think it was really related to travel, which is something I you know, was mm -hmm. passionate about and did a lot of. Um, and through being involved with communities and different cultures, I, um, I really like learning from other cultures as well. I feel like it puts you out of your your comfort zone and all of a sudden you're seeing things with the eyes of a four-year-old and you're like, what's that? Mm -hmm. Why does that work that way? What does that mean? Mm -hmm. And it's that kind of like, um, I guess, fresh perspective that excites me and, and drives me in working with different cultures as well. Um, but no is, is the short answer. I yeah. did, it wasn't something that I always knew I wanted to do. I think it's something that's grown organically over the yeah. years. So you came, you work here for three months, then you decided you were going to stay and then you worked for them for how long after that? Yeah, so I continued working with Soluciones Comunitarias for another year and a half, I guess, more or less. Um, unfortunately, during um, the, the COVID pandemic mm -hmm. last year, the organization has kind of uh, uh, been in some troubles, mm -hmm. <laughs> as have yeah, so many since then. Um, so I've since kind of stopped uh, actively working with them, but they're, they're still um, kind of supportive of, you know, the current project that I'm, mm -hmm. that I'm working on. And um, yeah, there's still a lot of ties with them as well. And you were already fluent, I guess, in Spanish when you came here the first time. Um, and it, it, the change of language was something like mm -hmm. that it was, I don't know, I'm curious about that, like, because yeah. being in Spain, like, we say it is not real Espanol. 
know, it was so nice coming to Guatemala um, because the Spanish here, as I'm sure you've heard it before, is um, it's so much easier to to follow, to understand. Um, when I first moved to Spain in, what was it, 2015, I think, um, I did have some Spanish, but not a lot. Uh -huh. And I moved to Andalusia, oh. which is like <laughs> possibly the worst place yeah. to move to if you're a new Spanish learner, because yeah. they speak really quickly. Uh -huh. um, they don't really finish or enunciate the words fully. Um, and it was like being thrown in the deep end of the swimming pool. Um, which, you know, can, has its benefits as well. Yeah. But um, by the time I came to Guatemala, my Spanish was pretty good. But mm -hmm. I do think that being here has been really helpful for improving it as well. Mm -hmm. um, and now I feel, yeah, I feel pretty fluent and confident. And when the pandemic came and you have to leave your work, you were living in Antigua or you were living mm -hmm. somewhere else? I was living here. I actually, just when the pandemic was really kind of like, picking up. I had been visiting my family in Australia and I landed back in Guatemala two hours before they closed the borders. That was so a good thing. It was a bad was thing. Just, well, you know what? I think it was one of those sliding doors moments and I'm happy <laughs> with the way that it's turned out for sure. Um, but yeah, so I just made it back in and, and I've been here ever since. So, so when you came here to two hours later, I the airport yeah. was shut down exactly. and what was your what, what if, did you think about in that moment like i think i was one of how those was it, people how was the airport like now i'm curious about that uh, how was the airport it was so surreal i remember landing and we all had to like stay in our seats and people from the ministry of health came on and they were you know in their full kind of ppe suits and Everyone had to do an individual test before you could leave the plane. What kind of test? Um, at that point, no, I'm sorry, it wasn't a test. It was the temperature. Everyone's temperature got checked. Um, and then we could get off the plane. And then we had to, there was another extra long line leaving the airport where they um, just took down your details. And um, it was all pretty surreal. Yeah, but I was one of those people who was, you know, for, for a long time when it first started was like, no, this is going to be fine in a month. Just give oh, it a few, no. you know, like I was that kind of like <laughs> eternal optimist thinking that it wouldn't, wouldn't go on for so long. Um, and obviously now, you know, we all know that it I is. Then, then, then when everything happens, you were not like, not as scared, but like um, concerned that, mm -hmm. Someone in the plane had had COVID mm. and... Yeah, I mean, we all had, everyone on the plane had to quarantine for two weeks. Um, so that was another thing. So you did the quarantine, like the government yeah. quarantine in, in that place? With no, the... not in that place. It was a home, that place. <laughs> <laughs> no, it was a home quarantine at that point. Okay. Yes. Yeah, so and did they check okay. you? Like they check on no, you? Not really. No, yeah, no of course. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, but yeah, I, I was, no, I wasn't too worried. I, f I felt healthy and, you know. Yeah. So... How did you already had the idea of a directory by that moment, or, 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 or how that how a directory happened? How did it come about? It was actually working with Soluciones Comunitarias. Uh -huh. I mentioned that we did a lot of consulting with lots mm -hmm, of different organizations, mm -hmm. and it was through conversations with colleagues. It was something mm -hmm. that um, we had all noticed um, this this 
problem of a lack of communication and mm -hmm. collaboration within the NGO sector here mm -hmm. in Guatemala, um, which I think, you know, is a problem in NGO sectors and many different sectors as well, the world over, like the, the problem of collaboration and, and how to facilitate it and promote it um, is a, a wide, vast ranging problem. Mm -hmm. um, but it was, yeah, it was mainly through conversations with colleagues. We were noticing that across the different organizations and groups we were working with, they didn't know a lot about each other. There was kind of duplications of services. Mm -hmm. There were missed opportunities. Yeah. Um, and so it was through those conversations that we started to talk about this idea of, um, wow, like interorganizational collaboration is a problem here. Mm -hmm. And we're missing a lot of Im uh, opportunities to have a greater impact on the communities mm -hmm. that we work with. It is different in a different country, like Australia or like Spain? I think it's the same across a lot of these countries, yeah. Um, I think it's very common that organizations and social enterprises and mm -hmm. government agencies, whatever it is, get so kind of bogged down and have this kind of narrow focus on their everyday operations mm -hmm. and their mission and whatever it is that they forget and understandably mm -hmm. forget to kind of stop, take a step back, look around them, see who else is out there. Yeah. Um, and I think, you know, in their defense as well, it's because a lot of these organizations are really um, struggling for resources and time and they're just trying to keep their heads above water with their day-to-day -day programmatic mm -hmm. stuff mm -hmm. um, that this idea of collaborating just sounds like this you know this kind of sometimes perfect... sometimes even like a waste of time and that's be. the thing that I think you know there's some collaborations that can end up being a waste of time and that's a big yeah. focus of the project as well is not only helping organizations to connect but capacitating them and training them um, to know how to identify good opportunities, mm -hmm. know how to sustain those relationships so that there is a win-win situation coming mm -hmm. out of it. Mm -hmm. mm. So, um, and when did you, like, it, the idea came uh, and you, you said you co-founded the directory mm -hmm. with someone else or mm -hmm. with more people? It How was, many of um, you are? yeah, it, it was. Everyone knows you about like El Directorio. It's <laughs> the Katie. face around yeah. town. Um, no, it was, um, as I mentioned, you know, the idea had come out of, mm -hmm. you know, conversations with colleagues at Soluciones Comunitarias. Then when the pandemic, when the pandemic hit and we um, couldn't go into communities anymore, mm -hmm. I kind of thought, oh, this is a great time to start working on that collaboration project uh -huh. that's been on the back burner for a while. Um, and I spoke about it with a friend of mine here who is the director of a, a women's uh, safe house in Ciudad Vieja mm -hmm. called Casa Panibal. Um, mm -hmm. His name is Eric Tupin and he's, a, um, he's actually a programmer uh, for Stanford University is his day oh. job. His other day job is, is directing the, the uh -huh. safe home and then his other job that he decided <laughs> he wanted to start working on with me was around El Directorio because uh -huh. he really believed in the need for it as well. Mm -hmm. So that was really really lucky because um it's not cheap to find a programmer and he <laughs> yeah. essentially um built the the directory platform mm -hmm. so the online platform that mm -hmm. we have where we have all of the um organizational profiles mm -hmm. he built that um and we we you know started from scratch and worked on that together i was doing more of the organizational outreach 
front of house stuff, mm -hmm. uh, which is why my, you know, my face, yeah. my name is a little bit more recognizable in a sense. And Eric was very much the back end uh -huh. building the site. Yeah. Um, so he's still, um, you know, very supportive of the project and, and still a great friend and, and provides me with a lot of advice. And um, we brainstorm about it. Um, but he also got to a point a few months ago where his other jobs, he was like, I can't yeah. do all of this, Katie. Yeah. So, um, yeah, but we're, we're at a point with the platform where we're able to keep mm -hmm. building it and, and yeah. I'm able to do a lot of that and now how too. And how you did about funding? Like? Mm, great question. Um, basically, the, the current situation, um, well, obviously we had Eric working pro bono, which mm -hmm. was huge. And then I um, actually reached out to the organization in Australia that I mentioned earlier that was around uh -huh, uh, education, uh -huh. uh, advocacy for Indigenous education. I reached out to them during the pandemic as well because I thought everyone in Melbourne, where I'm, where that organization mm -hmm. is, is working remotely anyway. And mm -hmm. so I kind of thought, oh, maybe I could work remotely for yeah. them. Um, so I started working with them again, and that's given me the freedom to kind of uh, invest half of my time in this local project here, mm -hmm. and then half of my time is invested um, working with them into the future we obviously need to change that model yeah. and that's something that i'm working really hard on right now um and you know we're looking at uh, different collaborations with different ngos mm -hmm. here obviously looking at opportunities to get funding from foundations mm -hmm. um and then also the the model that we've kind of um organically grown into as well has a focus around um uh, facilitating events for organizations mm -hmm. to connect and to collaborate so like networking events we have mm -hmm. webinars and also we're having a really strong focus next year on providing professional development trainings and mm -hmm. workshops and opportunities for um, focused on um, NGO personnel mm -hmm. uh, so those are two kind of uh, potential sources of, of um, funding and yeah. in, um, like, in the future as well yeah yeah so um when you started, like, let's get into it. Like, <laughs> what it like? Because most of the people, because of the name, mm -hmm. they think that it's just like a list of mm -hmm. nonprofits and what they do, right. and they have a profile, and that's it. Like, yeah. you can reach out to them. But yeah. what is actually a director? We we talk a, li a little bit about it. Mm -hmm. uh, so tell me again, like, what is a directorio? Because I think that is is kind of like a misunderstanding of, yeah. of, 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 of people about it. So this is your moment. Yeah, right. <laughs> and I think I mentioned to you when we spoke about it, I was like, oh, we probably do need to change the name at some point. But the, the truth is that when we started out, it was just a directory. Mm -hmm. We just wanted to, um, well, to, to go back a step even. We, had, um, we worked with Notre Dame University in mm -hmm. 2019 to do some research into the, the question or the problem of interorganizational collaboration um, in the NGO sector here. And also they did some interviews down in, in uh, Ecuador as well. Mm -hmm. um, and one of their big findings was that organizations in theory understand that there are benefits around collaborating. Um, in theory, they would love to collaborate more. But in practice, they don't kind of have the time or resources mm -hmm. to really invest in it, which is kind of what we mentioned before. Mm -hmm. um, and one of their biggest barriers was that they didn't know who else was out there, what they were doing, what populations they were working with, what mm -hmm. programs they could offer. Um, so the idea of building the directory at you know, those very, very early stages of the project 
was just about providing NGOs with a fast, easy, go-to platform where they could really easily search and filter organizations, mm. learn who's out there, learn where there might be potential to collaborate mm. or connect. And that was that. Kind of like a match. Exactly. Yeah, thing. exactly. Yeah, maybe you should do that. Well, so that... <laughs> Yeah, some swipe kind of right, app. swipe left. What with the Tinder for NGOs? Yeah. <laughs> um, so at that point, it really was just a directory, but we had such a good response from all the organizations that we spoke with. Mm -hmm. um, that, And we realized that there was such a need, not only for this directory, but for the creation of spaces for organizations mm -hmm. to really connect. Yeah. Um, and share resources and share knowledge and, and, you know, find those synergies. So that's when we started with the webinars, um, mm -hmm. which was a bit over a year ago now. Um, and so since, you know, since then we've had monthly webinars, which are opportunities for organizations to get to know each other, mm -hmm. to present on a certain kind of theme that they think is going to be useful for other organizations. So we're really focused on it being practical um, knowledge sharing. It's mm -hmm. not just an opportunity for an organization to be like, hey, look at us, this is what mm -hmm. we do, this is great. Which, you know, obviously we, we, we do want to hear those stories, yeah. but we also want it to be practical, useful mm -hmm. tools. Mm -hmm. um, so that kind of, that extra step was taken, which brought us a little bit, you know, we were more than a directory then. Yeah. And then um, we had our first in-person networking events mm -hmm. um, in August of, of this year of 2021. Um, and that was when things kind of just blew up, to be honest. Um, we had about 50 people mm -hmm. from over 20 organizations attend a two-day networking event. Mm -hmm. And it was just awesome. Like the energy yeah. of everybody there um, everyone was really excited. Everyone was really open. Um, there were so many connections and, and, you know, collaborations that came out of that. Um, and I think that's when the momentum really kind of got yeah. rolling. Yeah. I feel that like, uh, people working in nonprofits, uh, we all know that it's so many. And with a directorio, you can have a better feeling of how many mm -hmm. they are around here in NTUN and around Guatemala. But still, you feel lonely mm -hmm. in your in your effort in your in, in your work, like uh, and connect with other people who think like you, who have the same kind of goal. Um, it's good, and mm -hmm. that's what I that we were talking the other day. Mm -hmm. I feel that that makes a lot of sense. Um, facilitating those spaces yeah. uh, where you can actually be more open about like if you're struggling with something yeah. maybe can help you with like so like i said sometimes it's just the right connection just like point to the right direction mm -hmm. and that is super helpful um and i think that that makes a lot of sense like uh, uh i'm seeing it when i'm being able to talk with other Nonprofits and only just put it out there mm. helps you a lot mm -hmm. to find solutions. Mm -hmm. But you might have the solution, but it's just it's that extra little push. Yeah, like, yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. 
-hmm. Yeah, so I think that it's that that is great. Uh, I when I see the first time like the the event, I wanted to go, and that's the that's the thing. Like when you mm -hmm. see something like that, you wanted to see, mm -hmm. you wanted to go, you wanted to go and know more people. Yeah. Uh, like for example, right now, like we have a project, but we need what like everyone. I said like how we can help. We, the, the best help that someone can give you when you have a project is to use, mm. to use it. Like, for example, ORs, that is resources. Right. Use all resources. Go and check if you, there is something that it will help you because that, that kind of like tell us that what we are doing it is it's it has needed. value exactly it, it has value so mm -hmm. we keep doing it mm -hmm. otherwise we will stop yeah i mean it's very much this like lean startup philosophy i think where <laughs> in the past you know the if you had a, a new idea or a new business proposition you had to have something a business plan a strategy really formalized mm -hmm. and everything you know mm -hmm. all the data and had to have this really convincing argument but i think you know, we're moving away from that, and especially in the entrepreneur, nonprofit sector as mm -hmm. well. It's about starting with your, you know, your minimal viable product, mm -hmm. um, and then putting it out there, seeing what the community or your customers give mm -hmm. back, iterating, making some changes, trying again. And in that way, it's really kind of beautiful because the people that you're wanting to serve with your product or service or whatever mm -hmm. it is are part of the. Um, creation process mm -hmm. and I think that's why El Directorio has, has grown in the way that it has is because we were when we started we were like okay it's just a directory and then we got feedback from you know from the NGO community like oh wow they really actually need this space to connect and share learnings and mm -hmm. so we started to do that and then you know after the networking event we've realized that um, there's a need to facilitate and promote um, professional development and mm -hmm. training for people yeah. that work in NGOs. Yeah. And so now we're focusing on that as well. Especially with things related to fundraise, mm -hmm. which most of the small nonprofits don't have the time or the resources to have someone who actually mm -hmm. dedicate their time to do that. It's always like, usually it's the director who do everything. Yeah. Like run yeah. the nonprofit, find the funds, uh -huh. like it's crazy. And no wonder they don't have time to look for collaboration opportunities, it's you know, crazy. because they're looking yeah, yeah, yeah. doing so many things. It, it is actually kind of like the reason that I, that I, I want to keep doing this podcast because uh, give, like talk about those struggles, talk about mm, those challenges mm -hmm. that they're internal. You will never say that to a donor. You yes. will never say that to other people. But it, it has a lot of value. Um, what is your struggle right now? Or... <laughs> many. There's always so many. I was actually speaking to a, some, someone from, from Maya, another local uh -huh. NGO here recently. And we were talking about the concept of having a... Um, they're called like mess up nights. Uh -huh. um, and it's basically a, a, an event where everyone comes and presents on, on points in their, uh, you know, the careers or their work experience where they've really messed up and they've done something wrong or something's gone horribly wrong. And, you know, it's that kind of like being vulnerable and airing your dirty laundry yeah. kind of thing. Yeah. But at the same time, you're talking about the learnings and you're making other people feel like, oh, it's not just me, you know, yeah. like everybody 
screws up all the time and it doesn't yeah. have to be the end of the world and it's actually a great opportunity for learning. Um, but I think with El Directorio right now, um, the sustainability model is mm -hmm. a struggle. As I mentioned, you know, it's something that I'm kind of investing a lot in personally right now, um, which is, you know, I'm in a position where I can do that, but it's certainly not sustainable in a long, yeah, in a long term way. And, yeah, and that shouldn't be the model. <laughs> yeah. um, so figuring out different kind of sources of, of funds is a struggle. And then also another one is the, um, the platform. There's so much uh, opportunity for additional features and functionalities, mm -hmm. but I no longer have my amazing free pro, yeah. pro bono developer. Yeah, of course. Maybe, <laughs> so maybe someone well. that is here and can be like, hit you up and like say, please come and work with But us. what kind of things, what kind of things you're, you're thinking for about the platform. for the platform? Yeah. I mean, at the moment we've got the directory, we've got a page where we can um, talk about the events that we're, mm -hmm. um, that we're organizing. We'd love to have a community page where um, members of the directory can chat, you kind know, like ask forum. questions, exactly like a forum or even like a, you know, a Facebook mm -hmm. kind of feed. Um, because at the moment, a lot of that uh, is happening, but it goes through me. So uh, organizations will email me with a question or promoting a program or looking for to employ a certain mm -hmm. kind of person. And I push that out through our network via email, which is mm -hmm. fine, but it would be great if you know, I could take myself out as the middleman yeah. and those conversations could be happening on the platform. Um, yeah. At some point, I, I, I thought something kind of like that. Uh, when we were talk, we, we were working about nutrition, uh, I tried to set up a forum for nutritionists mm -hmm. uh, so they can like say if someone has a problem with uh, a kid that is not responding to certain like uh, practice, then other non other nutritionists can come and yeah. say like tried this, I did this, I was in a similar situation and this is what it, it, it worked for me that or for this awesome. kid and everything. Mm -hmm. But like if people is not like into forums, mm -hmm. which is kind of like, uh, <laughs> uh, kind of like left behind in the past yeah. because the idea came because I was part of a car forum and <laughs> I know the dynamics of mm -hmm. when you are into one thing mm -hmm. and then you like, yeah. It is. It's, it's pretty fun when you when you are into it. When you're into it, you're yeah. excited about it. Yeah, yeah. but yeah. it is like it's about creating habits as well, you exactly. know, and, and getting to a point where that's the first kind of tool that people think of when they're sitting in their office thinking, ah, oh, how are we going to get this new program out? And they're yeah. like, ah, oh, no, there's that forum. But mm -hmm. you know, these things obviously they take time and exactly, yeah, yeah it, it takes time to build up. Mm -hmm. And and you know, after after that, it, it makes sense because in the forums, like uh, again with the example that the forum that I was, we we will discuss about different topics, mm -hmm. and then you you comment and you see people commenting and you start to like wonder. Who is this person? Mm -hmm. And then you want to meet those persons, <laughs> and then you want to actually want to do the events yeah. and then the meetings and everything. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, you started with the meetings, then mm -hmm. maybe you can after that like uh, tie it to a forum. Yeah. Um, I was thinking what you while you were like talking about like model, models of sustainability. Mm. Um, this is me 
like maybe just doing a consult consultant that I should <laughs> no great <laughs> please open to all the advice but um, maybe because you said like you are now like uh, thinking on doing like um, um, working on education and, and capacitating people mm -hmm. maybe you can have uh, a pro group like people like you give a lot of things for free mm -hmm. but then you have like a follower group who, mm -hmm. who, who actually can sign yeah and then you can guide them like during their entire process and mm -hmm. no matter which stage they are you keep like meeting with them and giving them feedback yeah. and giving them the, the the knowledge and everything and they all get together and, mm -hmm. and, and it could be kind of like a they sign up like for a monthly thing so yeah. they can be in the pro group and then it's kind of like an incubator like a pilot kind yeah, of right yeah, yeah yeah no i think that's a really good idea and i think um it's you know can be hard as well when you're starting up with a new project that's focused on removing barriers mm -hmm. to connecting to connection in organizations um you know like we we never wanted to charge for access to the directory mm -hmm. um, so long as you're an organization that has a profile mm -hmm. and we'd like to keep it that way but we definitely see the opportunity um, for charging for access to that database for mm -hmm. third parties or external mm -hmm. parties which I think there's you know there's international foundations yeah. there's grant making organizations there's universities students volunteers mm -hmm. that could all really use um, the the database that is the directory so i think in in the future which is another aspect of the the platform that we need to develop is you know member logins mm -hmm. so if you're a member of the directory if you're collaborating if you're mm -hmm. like playing ball with us you get access for free mm -hmm. great we're happy um, if you're not if you're an external party that just would like access to the data well great but mm -hmm. yeah there will be a charge Um, and then in terms of the kind of like pilot groups that you mentioned, I think that's a really great idea. And I think those kinds of, um, yeah, building out some kind of um, plan for a program or a process. Yeah, yeah. yeah Because you can, can you, can, you can literally just offer, since the more, more basic thing, like how to, like a template of, of mm -hmm. like a thank you letter for a donor. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Like there's people that is starting that. Yeah they don't really know how to do it and they don't need to be doing it themselves because it's been done thousands of times exactly yeah. exactly yeah exactly okay. so you can start with something generic like that mm -hmm. and then say okay like if you want to do it more personalized which it works better mm -hmm. but it's, it is work mm -hmm. um you can do it this way uh and sometimes it's the process because some people do it like okay i'm just we're going to send all the thank you letters on whatever one day mm -hmm. or some other people just do it like as they come. Uh, some organizations are really good at yeah. that yeah. and they have a whole process just like, or which tool you should use. Like, uh, like there are so many like apps and, yeah. and software that you can use to mm -hmm. organize your team kind of like that. Yeah. hundred percent. And that's, I think, what um, the webinars do a lot as well. The webinars are very focused on like, hey, we, uh, no one has to be an expert on anything. Mm -hmm. But, you know, an organization can be like, hey, like, we're pretty good at um, our maintaining our 
long-term donor relations, for mm -hmm. example. So we're going to tell you our process and the way that we've been mm -hmm. able to achieve like high retention rates with donors. Um, and look, maybe you can try it out on yeah. yours and you know, maybe it's going to work, yeah. maybe it's not, but we're just here talking and sharing and that's what it's all about. You know? Yeah. And the work expert is so mm. subjective, like yeah. it depends in where you are, who you are talking to it, because yeah. I can be an expert here, sure. but in another room with another people, I'm just a baby. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, so yeah, like everyone can have like valuable information mm -hmm. uh, depending on what they're talking Definitely. and depending on who is listened to yeah. also. There's something I really love about this, the NGO sector and, and specifically the community of El Directorio is that everybody's really real nobody's necessarily no one's trying to like present some kind of perfect picture mm -hmm. or pretend that they have all the answers there's this kind of network of organizations it should be like that because yeah. they easily turn into something else exactly everyone's just open and they talk about challenges and they offer help and you know it's it's kind of like we're all just like imperfect human beings here trying to do something yeah. positive yeah. and it's a yeah. nice atmosphere yeah yeah yeah, yeah. And, and like i said it should be like that because you can easily turn into something mm. else where everyone is more like a competition who yeah. is doing better and, and it shouldn't be like that and competition is an interesting um aspect as well with this whole kind of problem of a lack of collaboration within the sector because there is a sense of competition between ngos who were competing over limited resources for, mm -hmm. or funding or whatever it might be. Um, but I think something that we're trying to change as well is um, that kind of scarcity mindset mm -hmm. where there's this limited pool and we're all fighting over it. Mm -hmm. And I think we really need to just kind of flip the switch to an abundance mindset and where we're all working on this together and the more that we work together, the bigger the pool that we can access mm -hmm. um, because, you know, you're talking about greater networks, mm -hmm. greater kind of links into different um, foundations or whatever mm -hmm. it might be. And it's really the responsibility of the foundations and the funders as well to start to take notice of this shift and start to invest in collaboration as well. Yeah. Because if they want their organi the, the organizations that they fund to be more impactful and um, you know, do more with the funds that they mm -hmm. give, then they need to also be investing in those organizations partnering with others mm -hmm. to be more effective. So I think it's, you know, it's the responsibility of NGOs to work with each other, but it's also the responsibility of their funders and their foundations to start investing in, in helping them to do that mm -hmm. as well, which I think is a really important um, piece of the puzzle. Yeah. And in the meetings uh, with the people who attend to a director, there is something that kind of like um, comes to your mind that it, that it says like, yeah, this is what I, this is why, this is why I wanted to do this. Mm. There is people who have come with the stories or whatever. So tell, tell me. Yeah. No, I mean, I just think it's really encouraging to to get all the positive feedback, even, you know, what you were just saying to me before I asked you how you even originally heard about El Directorio, mm -hmm. if it was, you know, from an email that I sent or from a different organization. And you said, you know what, it's been from many organizations. Like mm -hmm. there's several people that, you know, have, have spoken to you about it. Um, and that's really encouraging feedback. Um, I get, I think, you know, just the, it's just obvious that there was 
a gap in the market, so to speak. Mm -hmm. And that as soon as I started, you know, we started to put um, the the services and, and the products of El Directorio out there, people just jumped on it. Mm -hmm. um, coming out of the networking events um, and, you know, doing follow up with the, the 20 plus organizations that attended that, um, there were at least a hundred um, new partnerships and collaborations that, cool. that came out of that. So, you know, that can be anything from like a sharing of resources to, um, you know, doing a, um, there's a couple of organizations that uh, just the other day did a medical um, jornada, mm -hmm. uh, yeah. like a, a day mm -hmm. of, of organizing doctors to, to visit a community. Um, which uh, meant that, you know, a bunch of people in this community where one organization normally works and provides education services, all of a sudden they were provided with um, family planning services and uh, kind of sexual reproductive health services, which this other organization mm -hmm. provides. Um, so I think that's a really nice example of um, how an organization that really just focuses on education with a certain community um, was able to bring in this whole other array of services mm -hmm. um, and have, you know, a far greater impact on that one community who's now not only getting education, but is also getting all this health, um, you know, access to health as well. That's awesome. And, and that's kind of like how you measure your impact. Do you have a way of measuring like how, how you're dealing with that? Oh, it's because that's, a, a, that's a word that all the time yeah. like comes up with any project. Of like, course. How do you measure impact? Um, and it's a challenge with us because I think a lot of our impact, we don't necessarily hear about it because, you know, it might be that, okay, like we organize a webinar and two people on the webinar um, meet, something piques their interest yeah. and they end up having a conversation after the webinar and they, you yeah. know, end up having a great collaboration to the future. I might not hear about that unless I specifically go out reaching out to every person in the webinar or in the event yeah. and be like, hey, who did you connect with afterwards? Yeah. Da, 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 da. Which is what we did do for the networking event. And you uh -huh. know, I certainly try and do after the webinars, um, but it's an imperfect model. And yeah. you know, we've been able to gather a lot of um, qualitative stories yeah. um, and some quantitative data um, as well around the number of connections, but they don't, come close to paying the full picture. Yeah. So it's a struggle as well. But. So people, people, if you, if you partner with <laughs> Tell us. someone and you get a connection by this, dear, mm -hmm. this meetings or whatever in the league, just hit up Katie. Yeah, please let <laughs> please, me know. <laughs> please, and you, and you, and the ones that you know, I think that you have to like, put it out there. Mm -hmm. Like, I don't know if you have imposter syndrome, like, because that, that could happen. You know, mm -hmm. about like, no, we like, we just, we just like organized a thing. We didn't have to do anything with that. Right. Oh, yes, you had a lot to do with that because otherwise it will not happen. You're 100% right. And this is the whole thing of imposter syndrome. It comes up constantly with, with friends in conversation. Um, one, one really nice connection and co collaboration that came out from, you know, myself uh -huh. out of the networking event was that the executive director of another NGO uh -huh. called, called Mayan Families um, kind of came up to me afterwards and she said, I love this project. I want to improve my mentoring and coaching skills. I have, mm -hmm. you know, a lot of experience here in the sector. Can I coach you? 
And I was like, yes, please. Like I would, you know, <laughs> love that. Um, so, you know, I'm now receiving coaching from someone who has far more years experience in the sector mm -hmm. from me. And it's something that she consistently says as well. She's like, Katie, you know, like you are doing a great thing. This is really important. This is really needed. Um, don't have these kind of like reservations or, yeah. or these, you know, yeah, feelings be, yeah, of the imposter. Don't be afraid of saying it yeah, or put it out there and share it. with people yeah. and send emails and harass people. Mm -hmm. <laughs> totally. So I'm, I'm getting better at that Ask too. Ask for things. Yeah, asking for things, asking for money, asking for support. Yeah. It's, um, yeah, it's all a process, but I think I, I totally agree with you. Like imposter syndrome, it exists, but it doesn't necessarily serve you yeah. <laughs> or anyone yeah no. and so it's it's you know a, an ethical or a moral moral you know conundrum mm -hmm. but i think at the end of the day like you you have to just be really proud of what you're doing exactly believe in it and then more people will believe in it and yeah you'll exactly that. exactly yeah if people like hear you hear your passion connect with that mm -hmm. it's like it's just organic yeah it's just organic. And, and some things you, you, you just have to do it because it's not because of you. It's because of the benefit that someone else is going yeah. gonna to have. Like, and at the end of the day, like this, this project is not me. You know, the only reason that it's successful is because all of those other NGOs have been like, oh, hey, like we actually really want to connect with other organizations. We want to take part in these events where, you know, we're supportive of this whole project. If it wasn't for them, you know, we, yeah. we wouldn't be doing this project. Yeah. So it's it's never a case of it being because of, mm -hmm. you know. Yeah, and I noticed you're also diversifying because I'm getting your emails and I see something something also that is out there that is super difficult to get is employees. Mm, yeah. And I've seen you have sent like emails about like nonprofits that need a person for mm. a specific uh, job or and and I think that it's also that's a good that's a good use of yeah the, the database of mm -hmm. the all those emails that you have like mm -hmm. because might be that you know someone who's perfect for this for exactly. this position and I'm I've seen it like close how hard it is for nonprofits to find the right person the right person yeah. and I think it's it's far nicer to to look for those people within the the local network and the Guatemalan network that we have here rather than just putting it on like idealist.com or yeah. whatever mainstream kind yeah. of um job website that that organizations often use it's kind of like oh well let's just put the word out amongst our our network and amongst the sector here mm -hmm. first uh, i think that's a kind of nice way to be to be filling these positions with local people as well you know yeah. at the end of the day yeah yeah and then uh i received also the 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 email about the webinar for the new laws of the nonprofits. Mm, yes and that was good i mean i attend uh something that i probably didn't have the time to check on but mm -hmm. it's when there is more people and mm -hmm. like someone who knows what is talking about what is like, going on <laughs> yeah can tell you and makes it like yeah it would take like an hour or something like that but yeah. but it, that 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 was pretty helpful a lot uh, more accessible yeah mm. yeah and um what else i was gonna say i was mentioned something i was gonna mention something else um that uh, my point is that i've been using the 
El directorio. Uh, uh, like maybe I haven't attend to the to, to the meetings and everything, but I've been using it, mm -hmm. and and yeah, I think that um, you're doing a great job, uh, and and I think that th as you said, like you have this momentum that is going on, mm -hmm. and and I think that it it will keep growing, uh, because yeah, it, it is a big need. It's yeah. a big need to connect, to connect, to know people. Maybe today, tomorrow, it's not going to make sense that you met someone. Mm -hmm. But in the future, then you'll yeah. go, oh, I know who I 100%. can talk Yeah, I know who I can talk about this. Yeah. It's this person. Yeah. yeah. That's really nice. Oh, well, thank you for saying that. That's, I really appreciate it. And it's, you know, what keeps the, the wheels turning is, is getting the feedback and seeing the, the big or small effects that it has. Like, it, it all counts. And I think it's just, yeah, time after time we're seeing that that need is, is huge. And there's, mm -hmm. it's, there's so many aspects and different kind of facets of it as well um, that we, yeah, that we can really support with. So it's, it's really exciting. I'm really excited with the way that it's all kind of grown. And do you have, like, something something for the next year that do you think is gonna be the big thing, big thing? <laughs> well we're having another in-person networking event um towards the end of march mm -hmm. um and also we're launching this week a calendar of uh trainings um focused on people that work in the ngo sector um so basically we're collaborating with a bunch of lo local organizations mm -hmm. that offer trainings and workshops mm -hmm. across a variety of different topics and for everyone from entry-level employees through mm -hmm. middle management and leadership. Um, so there's going to be a calendar because I think another you know, barrier that a lot of um, directors or heads of organizations face when they think about the problem of investing in their human capital and investing mm -hmm. in the professional development of their staff is that, again, they don't really know what trainings are out there, yep. how to access them, how much they cost, whatever. Um, so this calendar that we're launching is going to just make it really clear and easy mm -hmm. for organizations to see um, what, what workshops and trainings are available for their staff. Um, And, you know, there's going to be uh, discounts as well if you're an L Directorial member, which is great. And it's as well, you know, like I see these training opportunities as additional networking opportunities. Mm -hmm. Because if you go to a, a workshop around, um, I don't know, uh, leadership mm -hmm. and you're attending with people from all these other organizations, well, that's an amazing opportunity to make connections and, and start to... Um, find potentials to collaborate as well. So I think it's kind of like killing two birds with one stone. You're yeah. getting the professional development in a space where it's perfect for making connections as well. So it's kind of like networking and training at the same yeah. time. Yeah, yeah, of course. It's yeah. just like going to school again. Yeah, yeah. So fun. Learning and connecting. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, so that's a big thing for next year. Okay, mm -hmm. that's cool. Well, and, and those, like, as you said, you, you know, you already know kind of like what will be the range of prices for those? They really range, um, you know, because the, the courses themselves really range. You've got something from, 
you know, intermediate uh, Excel, Microsoft mm-hmm. Excel training Excel, through yes. to like um, restorative practices, you know, yeah. which is what I'm very kind of like broad, big picture, um, theoretical framework of a training. And then there's all the soft skills, skills trainings, yeah. which are really important. And, and, you know, social media social photography media, training. Course, so it's, course, they really yeah. range. Yeah. Um, but, uh, you know, all of that information is going to be out in our calendar. Um, to off the top of my head to kind of put a, give a, give a range. Um, I think the lower end is around 200 Q mm-hmm. for a training in, um, you know, Microsoft word or mm-hmm. Excel. And then at the, um, upper end, if you're trying to, if you're talking about leadership trainings and, mm-hmm. you know, bigger kind of management trainings, um, you know, several, several thousand quetzales. Um, but those courses are also offered over, you know, six or seven months. So mm-hmm. they're very kind of yeah. co- complete, holistic mm-hmm. approaches to those topic areas. So, yeah, it really ranges cool. a lot. Wow, but that's cool. Uh, and, and do you have a facility where you are, like, going to use for those? Or is it going to be online? How, how is it going to be the main... It's going to be up to um, the organization that's offering it. So, okay. I mean, the, the El Directorio and, and the calendar is really about just... Um, helping to put the trainings out there mm-hmm. and promote them and encourage people to engage mm-hmm. with them. But at the end of the day, the training itself is completely organized by and, um, you know, imparted mm-hmm. by the, the organization itself. Mm-hmm. But we are going to have a, um, a mix of online, hybrid and in-person options. Cool. Yeah. Cool. So a bit of everything. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that's great. Yeah, it's exciting. That's great. Oh, <laughs> yeah. Okay. I think it was a good talk. Yeah, it was a great talk. It was a good talk. Thank you for your time and for your enthusiasm. (laughs) You know, like I said, uh, it's like you. It's just like you. It's about trying to facilitate and trying to find new ways Mm -hmm. of getting together with people, getting like, uh, put it out there. Yeah. Put it out there. Like, yeah, find like-minded people. Mm-hmm. I think that, is, that we have to get together. 100%. And congratulations on starting this podcast as well. It's a really cool idea. And again, a really <laughs> needed and necessary thing as well to get yeah. people Yeah, I will talking. be hitting everyone at a directorio. Yes, good. <laughs> <laughs> I, I think that I, I have a lot of uh, uh, um, people that I can talk to make yeah. this podcast go yeah. on at least for a year. Totally. <laughs> Definitely. (laughs) Okay, thank you so much. Thank you.